Hi guys, welcome to this podcast, Fina Things. My name is Josephine and I am the host of this podcast. Welcome to part two of Let's Talk About Mental Health. It got a little bit international this time because Elia, my future this week, is a 21-year-old girl from Seattle and I found her through YouTube actually. You should check her channel out because I really love her videos and you should too. This episode though is really long, so quick disclaimer. We are not professionals in any kind of way. We are only sharing our thoughts based on our own personal experiences with suffering from an eating disorder and body dysmorphia. I already shared my story in the previous part. Feel free to check that out or just skip to this one. So this week we are addressing the consequences of having to struggle with an eating disorder and the problems you have to face within your family and social surroundings in terms of triggers and also how this experience can influence your way of thinking about yourself and others long term. Also the thing with social expectations that sometimes seem to hold you back from healing and of course the role of modern media and all of this. In other news, also my microphone kind of failed to record this time, so I'm really sorry in advance for my very low audio quality. Anyways, let's actually get to it, shall we? they post like their followers are going to watch mm -hmm. but if you don't have like an audience then nobody cares in a way like you have to kind of find the right way to go about it but yeah I'm glad you watched it though <laughs> <laughs> I did it's nice it was nice I enjoyed them I really cool. do I hope I don't sound like a weird fan I know no <laughs> this is honestly this is also new to me this is my first podcast That's cool though. I did this yeah. is, I think the fifth episode, so I'm a little bit more comfortable comfortable with that. The only cool. hard thing is talking in English because I'm not yeah, you... English speaking, so that's a little bit hard and then I twist the words and then I get really awkward and nervous sometimes. You sound great. You really don't sound like you don't speak English. That's oh, that's good. That's calming my nerves a bit. Yeah, no, totally. I think I was like on your Instagram yesterday. I get nervous when I talk to people when I, that I haven't met in person mm -hmm. and I like to hear their voice. So I saw like one of your videos, you were actually like talking and I was like, oh my God, wait, she told like, I, I was like, is English her first language? And then you started speaking. What's your main, your first language? German. German. Yeah. So then, um, so then you started speaking German. I was like, oh, wait, wait, never mind. She does. <laughs> Does speak another language <laughs> yeah so i'm german i'm german yes yeah i discovered her channel a few weeks ago and one video that caught my attention quite a lot was this video when you were talking about like why you stopped working out and i could relate to that because i did that too and i really kind of recognized myself in the points you were making And yeah, that's why I reached out to you. And I think that we can pull up 
and really interesting conversation from that. I had an experience with the binge eating disorder for about 10 months. I was wondering, what did you actually experience? So what in the end made you do the video? Yeah, so um, I, I don't know if I touched on that in that particular video, but I trained to be a ballet dancer since I was four years old. Um, and then I actually professionally, like basically made my mind that I wanna like create a career out of this when I was around 10. And from when I was 10 years old, I um, was constantly told from my teachers and uh, different like casting directors and stuff like that, that I will, I'm too big. Um, I developed really fast. I actually was, I'm short now, but I actually used to be taller than everyone at that point in my life. I just like developed and basically went through puberty like way faster than everyone else. And then um, everyone around me was like very small, um, just still like had like a child's body and I outgrew that much faster than people around me. So I stood out, but not for the right reason. At least that's what people were telling me. And uh, I was in Romania at the time. And then I moved to the US with my family. And then I actually moved on my own to Canada to study at a ballet school in uh, Toronto, Canada. And they were kind of the same too, in a sense that I would get all these compliments of like, you're a really great dancer. You have such like, you have a lot of strengths, a lot of um, natural ability, but we can't give you this role or put you in this, you know, performance because, um, because your body is not what people want to see. And uh, it is, it was such a weird dynamic because I would be like in the studio when I was just like training and dancing and trying to like get better. I just like my dance uh, and I'm at craft. I was constantly like getting not reinforcement, but kind of like people were telling me like, oh, you're doing well, you're doing good. I was always just a really hard worker. And I felt like I had to compensate for the fact that I the first impression people got for looking at me was like, oh, she's short. And then she has like big thighs and, um, you know, she has kind of a butt and she doesn't have like, you know, whatever, whatever they were thinking. And um, I knew that I was aware of that because people let me know since I was 10 years old and onward until I stopped dancing, which was a year ago. So when I was um, 20 and that's literally like a decade of your life. People telling you constantly that like your body is going to like keep you behind everyone, even though it's like the body that I was given and I don't have a choice. And I worked really hard. Like I would do insane workouts on top of my four to six hours of dancing every day. Um, I would then like, instead of go home and relaxing like everybody else, I would, um, go to our gym and I would do like a bunch of workouts for like one hour, sometimes two hours. I would find any way possible for me to be skinnier. And because you're in that environment, you have people that are naturally um, skinny to the point where they're okay, according to the ballet world, like they're like, they're good. Um, and I would sometimes like forget that I can't just like eat whatever I want. And I would be around them and I would feel bad because I wouldn't be able to enjoy. I also love food and I wouldn't be able to enjoy 
what they're enjoying. And if we wanted to like go out for dinner or like get ice cream or something, it's like, I always felt like I was doing something that I wasn't supposed to do if I was eating it. And then if I wasn't eating it and I was like making myself hungry or like I was skipping a meal, that feeling of hunger was like a good thing. It was like a reward. It was like a sign that I was like doing the right thing. And, um, that kind of is like the mentality I've had my entire, like since, you know, I was 10 years old and it didn't like, once I moved on from ballet, um, it didn't leave me and it's still with me. Like right now I'm, it's so weird. It's not something that I can say will ever leave me. I hope that it will. Maybe I'm still like in the process of not dealing with that kind of mindset anymore. Um, but it's really hard to not measure myself, like just like through my eyes of like, anytime you like catch a glance of yourself in the mirror, or if you are around other people that you might think they're really beautiful, I automatically just like measure myself against them. And, uh, even in my relationship, it has come up where I voice those things. And then my partner like completely is like, what are you even talking about? Like they don't understand. And it's hard because nobody in my life really understands. Cause I feel like you don't understand if you don't live through it. Um, so it's something that I really kind of have to deal with myself. Um, and yeah, again, I can't say that I have overcome it. I'm definitely better and working on it. Um, but when it comes to even like working out, I made that video and I was like, oh, the first time in four months I've worked out and I literally worked out that one day and maybe I worked out like maybe two days after that. And then I wasn't able to, like, I had to stop because I got sad again because I was like, it automatic, like, why don't I see any results or, you know, stuff like that. So it is a work in progress. <laughs> it is a work in progress. Yeah. This is an intense story. I mean, we all have to learn about eating disorders and the struggles that especially young people have with food, like their relations with food. And I'm wondering, how can we actually make people understand what it kind of feels like to go through this? Or at least make people more aware to maybe self-reflect and check on themselves, oh, maybe I actually have this problem and I haven't realized until now. So yeah, that I, maybe these conversations are more reachable because I think a lot of people, they don't fully understand what is even going on with themselves. Self, so how could they even explain to anybody? And how could that somebody who's listening understand or maybe be supportive when they don't even know what that person might go through right now so what I hope will maybe happen with this episode or those two episodes is that one people kind of feel encouraged to maybe reach out to, to other people to talk about this if they feel like they are struggling and they need someone to help them get through this And also for people to become more open-minded to this, towards this topic of mental health and dealing with their relationship with food, because this is so necessary. I think, I don't know if there has been a time 
like we are living in right now where so many people that are young are struggling with that and that's kind of really scary actually because not only has the rate of people with an eating disorder increased but also people who are diagnosed with anxiety and depression and whatnot so that's really something that has to be drawn more attention to I feel like but yeah so have you ever reached out to anybody besides with people that you had a relationship with um so when I was still in Canada it was kind of hard you would talk like amongst us like we would talk amongst ourselves like as like the students and my friends um and it was kind of like a constant topic but it was very like it wasn't constructive at all because if anything people would be I don't know, it was a weird thing that like people would tell the people that are skinny, like, oh my God, you have to like stop, start eating. You have to, you know, like I haven't seen you eat in like, you know, a day or two or something like that. And then um, for someone like me, I was, I was never able to completely like not eat the type of demand that ballet requires out of someone. I just wasn't able to like, not eat and then dance at the same time like I just was never able to do that and I'm thankful that I didn't let myself get there but there are some people that um did put themselves in that in that position and took it that far and when I witnessed those types of like conversations it only hurt me more because it was so weird I would literally think why it, it's like it's so weird, but in the, in the ballet world, and maybe this can be in like other, you know, sports and stuff like that. Um, but it was kind of like, if you, the, the least you can eat gets you more rewarded. So, and also the least you eat also showed how much you cared about ballet, because if you're, if you're eating and you look the way that you do by eating, that equals that you don't care enough to not eat to then succeed in ballet. It was such a weird dynamic. And it was really like in everyone's head, even if you were someone that was like with a nice body considered by the ballet world, a nice, you know, body or whatever. Um, everybody had that in their head. So I tried to reach out to um, the school, like actually provided some counseling that was available to us. And I did go to one session one time, but it didn't really, it didn't really help me. And maybe like if I went multiple times, it could have, uh, but I just think that it was like so deep in me. And it's like you, even if like taking this outside of, you know, my situation, you're constantly on social media, constantly feeding yourself those things. And, um, I'm actually for my 2021 resolution situation. Um, I am kind of like filtrating through what I'm really like feeding myself on a daily basis because you really have to ask yourself, are these people that I'm following, like, do they bring me joy? Do they make me happy? Do they teach me something or do they literally just make me feel bad about myself? And it has nothing to do with them because they're literally doing who they are you know, intentionally, not intentionally, they could be hurting you and you 
might be kind of inflicting that upon yourself because you keep following them. And I think that going through like this type of cleanse helped me because I really went through everyone that I was, you know, basically seeing on a daily basis. I spend way too much time on my phone and I know we all, we all have our own struggles with that, but it really helped me because now I go, if I go on my Instagram, I literally only see the things that I know I want to see and that will make me be happy or won't make me feel upset because I see this model that looks this type of way or this YouTuber that looks, you know, whatever way. Um, I really know. And I think that there's also the satisfaction of seeing people that look like we kind of wish we looked, um, but it's really not good for us. This process is not linear at all. And as you said, you, you said that you don't know if you're going to maybe stop thinking that kind of way you've been trying to think as you get older. And I don't know too, because it still haunts me sometimes, sometimes more and sometimes less. It kind of depends on how stressed I am. But what yeah. really helped, helped me get through this was to realize that Maybe there's a period of time that I do very well and I strive and I think that I have healed and I'm so good right now. I don't think about food and the way I look, but then there's going to be that time when things might go flip upside down and I'm there hitting a low. I obsess over food and the way I look, I'm extremely unhappy, even though maybe I've been happy with my body just the day before. And yeah. I think it's really important to understand that this takes time. And with time, I mean years, probably, maybe decades. It really depends on how, how intense you've been involved with that. And also, I think it depends like what's, what triggers um, those types of things. And if it, like, as you said, if for you is maybe that it's a time where you're like really stressed, it could be also that food can be a thing um, that you can control and it can be like your outlet of maybe feeling like things are in order because you decide how much of how much and how often or you know anything like that because I feel like stress also comes from things kind of being like out of place or very jumbled or you know I get very anxious when I'm like not organized when it comes to like when school starts and I have like this going on and then I have actual my, my job. Um, so I get like very stressed about that. And then sometimes I'm like so stressed that I literally like just don't get hungry and then I don't eat. And then the messed up thing is that I'm happy that I don't eat. And I'm like, I don't know. It's such a weird, it's such a weird thing. And as you said too, like it comes in waves, literally up and down literally. during the holidays. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna let myself go. The new year's coming, we're gonna, you know, get back on it. But it's, I don't know, it's like finding that moderation is a constant like, you know, to do task on my daily, on my daily thing that I'm really trying to co constantly find like the balance between, because also like I want to be healthy. I don't want to go like the extreme opposite of like, I don't care. I'm not going to like move my body at all, or I'm going to like eat whatever. I do like care about my general health of like moving my body, go on a walk, you know, 
whatever bare minimum that you can get yourself to do, especially since like we're stuck at home still. Um, and that's something that I struggled with during quarantine. I was kind of really struggling to stay motivated as like so many other people were, but that's because I was like fighting my own individual demon. It wasn't just like, oh, I want to like stay in shape during quarantine. Like for me, it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't like be, I, I'm like scared to get obsessive. I have like a very obsessive tendency with being living a healthy lifestyle and stuff like that because it, it comes with so much baggage for me. And I know that everyone that kind of has reached a point where they're struggling with their eating or living a healthy lifestyle, I think that it comes with baggage. It always starts from something. Um, so I think that identifying what that is, is like the starting point. Identifying like, what do I get from controlling what I eat, controlling my portion size, working out excessively, um, you know, binge eating and whatever else that people are struggling with. You know, there's always that key like thing that we get from doing those things. So I feel like identifying that specifically is like the first, um, the first step. Totally yeah. agree. And also I would say reflecting, like as an example, I kind of tried journaling when I, no, I'm getting cold. I'm sorry. Sorry, dad. <laughs> so I tried journaling when I started my therapy with my psychologist. So I wrote down the triggers. It was kind of hard to find the triggers at first, but then, well, he keeps calling me. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just not get on it. So triggers, find out what your triggers are. This might take some time and maybe it helps to, as you said, find out what kind of re reward you were taking from the actions you did. So I found out that my triggers were the stress I had because of school, I was in high school. And also I didn't know what to do with my life after high school. I felt like I should have a plan and everybody seemed to have a plan. I'm going to university to I don't know, become a psychologist, I'm going to university because I want to become a teacher or study medicine and whatnot. And I didn't know what to do. At first, I was so sure, sure that I would go to some private university in Hamburg and then study international business until kind of six months before school ended. I was like, wait, so you have to do math to study international business and you suck at math. <laughs> you suck at math. This that is would literally be me. Yeah. And it's so dry, the topics, and I need more creativity. I need to kind of do my own thing and find my own ideas. And I couldn't do that by studying business. But to study international business just seems so organized. And I love being organized. It makes me feel like I have my life together and it makes me feel safe because I hate the feeling of not knowing where you're going with your life. And I have to let go of that still. And it's so hard to let go of that. 
but to actually realize that this was triggering my obsession with food because it gave me a sense of control that I couldn't have because of school and my future being. So yeah, realizing that this was actually one of my triggers really helped me to then work with what was going on and calm myself down a little bit. And also last year, last year, yeah, 2019, I did um, a language class, an English language class in New York. And I was traveling there to be on a campus with so many different people with what, which was so cool because I got to know many people from the different ethnicities <laughs> and that was so cool and interesting but also what I have noticed was that in America when you go to fast food restaurants you have the calories written on the boards we don't have that here and it, yeah it was so bad it was so bad I was going to what was it not Burger King. Did I have a Chick-fil-A? I think it mm. was Chick-fil-A in New York City. And we went there quite often. And it was it was so traumatizing to see that the meal I was just ordering had so many what, calories. Yeah. And when I was dieting, I would not even reach this amount of calories. So seeing that that like was a whole just day. one meal. Yeah, it was just one meal. It wasn't even keep, keeping me full for a long period of time. I yeah. died. So that was when I kind of relapsed because when I went back, I was like, okay, so now you let yourself go way too much and you have to get this under control. And when I was telling that my psychologist, I we talked about this and everything. And then I realized... So what am I doing this for? Like, who am I trying to prove something? Who? Because I didn't change much. I was enjoying myself. So what need was there to go on a diet and just over-exercise again? Really weird. But just so that you can get an idea that healing takes time. And just because you reached out to somebody and told them about your struggles and everything, which is the first step and it's really great. But you have to know that healing takes time and you might relapse and please don't be hard on yourself for feeling bad and having the urge to kind of go back to from where you started because I also think it's important to know that being in that state of being so obsessed with your appearance and what you're eating actually can be misplaced with the feeling of joy. It's kind of fucked up, but as you kind of were saying, when you ate a very small amount of food, it was showing that you cared. So letting yourself go in quotation in a fucked up way is an indicator of you not caring enough. So you yeah. really have to realize that your mind is literally tricking you. It's... <laughs> Give me one second. Okay. <laughs> I'm literally going to be back in three minutes. <laughs> oh, no. Do your thing. I'll, like, get some water or something. Do that. So greetings from my dad. 
So you live with your parents? No, I lived by myself since oh. May last year. Mm. I moved because it was just, it was, it was too a lot. Much. It was yeah, no, same. I moved out in July. This year? <laughs> just like, oh, last year. Yeah, uh, last year, yeah, 2020. Do you yeah. live with your boyfriend? Yes, yeah. So we had been together for uh, like a year and a half. And then we wanted to live together like way before that. But then with everything going on, it was just a lot to have like just be home um because I wasn't like going to school I was still working though but a lot less hours because I work in a coffee shop so obviously restaurants are just having a hard time so yeah I was like I need to get out of here (laughs) even if it means that I have to like pay rent and become a full adult also I just like wanted to like push myself out of I was like too comfortable that I didn't have like responsibilities the way that I kind of was like ready for I felt like and I was like you know I'm just gonna bite the bullet I didn't even tell them I was looking for an apartment and then I was like hey guys moving by the way and it was yeah I mean it's like 20 minutes away from where my family lives so it's not that far but yeah get it totally understand same for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah my my dad and my mom they actually both live kind of it's kind of the same distance I feel like but yeah, it was so, it was just way too much. And at my parents' home, so they live separated. And I was mm-hmm. at my mom's place and she has, she's not that financially stable. And she lives in a very small apartment. And I had such a tiny room, which is fine. It was yeah. actually nice. It was so cozy, but everything was just so small. And I didn't feel like I had enough privacy. And mm-hmm. also I had like, quite a few bad memories there and it was kind of hard to detach from that when I was still living there so I was like you know what you turn 18 you're gonna go live by yourself and it's great no I turned 19 no I love it yeah it's nice it's really nice it's hard yeah but I feel like life is gonna get hard anyways at some point true (laughs) you have to get the coin at some point in time so why not yeah. do it now? And then you have all the experience with managing your finances and whatnot. And it's actually great. It's yeah, I'm still figuring that part out. I mean, it's weird. It's like, as soon as I moved out, it's like I had more, you know, rent and bills. But then I also just was like spending more money because I was like, I'm an adult. And then I was like, wait, no, like, relax. Like, you don't need to just buy clothes that much. Like, you don't, especially, especially like, because we're not going anywhere. Yeah, I think what I've learned in 2020 was I don't need that much clothes that I have in my closet right now. And ever since the first lockdown, we have a second lockdown right now. But ever since the first one, I'm sorry. Ever since the second, first one, I just sold I think half of my closet on Vinted and Depop just to just to get rid of it because it was kind of stressing me out to look at the amount of clothes that I probably wouldn't wear until next year so this year and yeah now we're in a second lockdown and I'm just like you know what just let's just start over fresh (laughs) with new yeah well I also there was just like a lot of clothes that I I actually made a video about this specifically, but there was a lot of clothes that did not fit me 
after a while uh since i think it was like around maybe like summertime or like a little bit after that around like september so we had already you know gone through like covid for a few months actually a lot of months um and i wasn't i was like struggling to work out and to keep on top of things and i was like yeah it was just hard um so i uh gained some weight and then I was constantly like, I personally just got a lot of joy from like how my clothes fit on me. And it was so weird, but it was like, I would get this like reward if my clothes were fitting looser or bigger. And after quarantine or like, I guess, you know, into quarantine, um, there was like specifically pants for me uh, were actually too tight like pants that were supposed to be like boyfriend jeans had become skinny jeans and i was really feeling shitty about it um i it made me like not want to like go anywhere like even just like to go outside i would literally just wear leggings everywhere which is fine but then sometimes i would be i would want to like you know put that put on a nice outfit or something um but most of the pants that i had at the time no longer fit how they were supposed to and it made me like it literally got me to tears one too many times um and i yeah i realized that like my my partner like couldn't really he couldn't really understand because we were living together at the time already and um i would just like just out of nowhere like we would go we would want to like go somewhere to like pick up food or something and then i would try on like one specific pair of pants like a pair of jeans or something and they would fit really weird and I would instantly just like mood is ruined I don't want to go I don't want to eat I don't I just want to be here and you know not see anyone and not talk to anyone and um it's so strange how that happens and it's so sad that it happens um and I really was trying to like put it best into words for me that time i actually felt like very disappointed in myself because i felt like i really disappointed my old self and i was kind of looking at myself through her eyes alia when she was dancing Mm -hmm. and i was kind of judging myself through her and i was looking at myself like how can you kind of like how can you be how can you let yourself go so much? How can you like, cause when I was dancing, I was like way smaller than at that point in my life. And then I still felt when I was dancing that I was too big. And now that I was even bigger, I was so like heartbroken. It was so, it's so strange to like even talk about it now because I definitely feel like I'm in a much better place, but that was like the lowest point for me during quarantine and to get out of it what i did is i actually purged my all my pants got rid of them spent too much money on new pants but now i'm happy that i have the pants that actually fit me and who cares that they're whatever size they are and it's like a bigger size than you used to have because they actually fit me and i actually look better in those pants than trying to squeeze in the other pants you know, and I just think that we shouldn't feel bad about changing into size. And that was my first experience with it um, because I was always constantly trying to like want my pants and my clothes to just fit loose. And then that was my, like, that's how I could tell how I was doing in my weight gain. 
So yeah, definitely if you don't have a pair of pants that fits you right, go get it and then sell the other one so you can make your money back, you know? <laughs> totally agree. I totally agree. You really have to tell yourself that this is the old you talking to the new you. Kind of weird, but that's kind of how it is actually. Like you're in such a different place now than you've been back then. And yeah. you have to understand that people change. So you change too. And it's the point that you've been months ago, years ago, doesn't have to be where you are now. You can be a totally different person by tomorrow. And that's cool. That's fine. People change and that's actually good. And changing size is also fine, but no one ever talks about that, that it's fine to maybe size up. And usually it's only like, oh, I size down and now fit in my tiny pants. But you know what? It's totally fine to get bigger. It's okay. Like, I'm not encouraging to become overweight because that's dangerous. But I mean, a normal fluctuation of weight is totally fine and healthy too. And yeah. maybe you get to a point where you don't move as much as you used to because you're just doing a different form of exercising. Maybe you're not doing weightlifting, which changes your body physics or maybe you're just enjoying more cardio-based activities so your body is changing in a that much different way and that's all totally fine yeah um, or maybe you're like too busy and then yeah. let's say you haven't like moved your body in a week yeah. you know instead yeah. of like making yourself feel bad you can maybe reassess like well you know I've had kind of I don't know if this is maybe the healthiest thing Maybe it's not. Um, I'm obviously not a professional, so I don't know. But what I like to do is um, if I'm because uh, usually for me, it honestly is like time that I like have a f almost full time job working at a restaurant and then I have school and then now I'm trying to like do YouTube. So it's like it's basically it's actually finding the time to work out or like to even go on a walk like a 10 minute walk like anything to first of all go outside for me personally but also to just like move my body during the 2020 I've literally sat down more than I've sat down in the last like five years I swear like I've just been just like sitting and it doesn't make me feel good but also I feel like I can actually devote more time doing that if I just like didn't go on my phone But at the same time, I need to like not think that like, oh, I need to like go outside for like a run or something because I'm like getting fat by the second or like something like that because I'm not like moving my body at all. You know, I, I think that we should just kind of, I think that we should just look at what we're like eating or what we are doing physically without bringing all of our baggage and all of our shit from the past and attaching it to it because I've noticed that I just make all my little decisions when it comes to a healthy lifestyle I make them too emotional yeah you know consciously yeah. I don't know why I make it like such a big deal and my boyfriend even like pointed that out to me he's like but why are you making us going on a simple walk for 20 minutes such a like emotional thing And I even, I was like, I don't know. 
it's maybe it's because I'm so used to everything I do in regard to that be so emotionally charged because of everything in the past, but I'm no longer like trying to become a ballet dancer. Um, you know, there's nobody like kind of coming towards me being like, you're not the right size. Like that's all in my head, literally. Yeah. Um, so I feel like my, what I'm trying to do right now is like no longer do those things that I actually enjoy. Like I enjoy working out. I enjoy sweating. I also do really like cooking and eating like healthy food that I, that doesn't make me feel like bad and bloated. Um, so I just have to like try to, every time I make those choices to just like make them without all of my baggage and just like weight on my decisions, you know, it can, they can be simple decisions. You know what I mean? They don't have to be so, so heavy. Yeah. We just keep comparing ourselves to ourselves. Yeah. So much. But I think during quarantine, actually what helped me kind of get through this and not bring up my past every damn second I had the time to do so when I just sat down and just spent time in the bed instead of doing this 20-minute ab workout. I just kind of found out that doing chores that kind of kept my mind busy really helped me during quarantine and or lock, lockdown. So I enjoyed cooking, like not real cooking. Sometimes it was just cooking up some ramen and some dumplings. <laughs> and then no, and it, yeah but those 15 minutes kept my mind from just thinking about what should I eat I should eat this I should eat that I was just getting up staying in front of the pan and just whipping up this ramen and it was fine and then I ate it and then I was like oh, so it wasn't that bad after all <laughs> yeah it made me gain five pounds all of a sudden and it was fine or I just spend a huge amount of time cleaning the apartment. My apartment is small, but it took me <laughs> hours, sometimes two hours to deep clean everything. So I think this is kind of, I don't know how healthy it is to obsess over cleaning, but it's definitely better to obsess over keeping the apartment clean than obsessing over the appearance for sure. Yeah, <laughs> so I would I agree. Or sometimes reading i'm not that much of a reader but i enjoy i enjoy cheesy teenage romances so i bought five books and read i think only two of them but still i did reading or that's more than i've read <laughs> <laughs> well i haven't read in years before so it's an achievement for me too <laughs> yeah or yeah. just actually enjoying Netflix I just I'm a fan of movies now I've never been and I've never had the time to watch movies and actually now I'm enjoying that and it's great to, to just relax with my boyfriend and just enjoy the time together doing hot chocolate or now it's tea because I'm kind of I think I had enough of hot chocolate and marshmallows and <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm drinking tea and that's great too and um, actually today I went for a run and in the first time since months, I haven't worked out since I think June or July actually, like a solid workout. And I kind of missed it now. And I went for a run and I did, I don't know, four to five miles. And 
it felt so good because I just wanted to go for a run actually so yeah that's something that can happen when you just let go you just let go of everything you've used to obsess over and you just let it come back naturally and I think sometimes we really need to make the step for ourselves and just you know what cut this off so we can kind of rebuild that relationship to exercising and food but in a much healthier way than we used to so I think actually to just stop working out for a certain amount of time can really enhance your healing process in a way what helped me to get over my problem with overeating because I was restricting myself basically the whole day and then at night I would binge on everything I found in the kitchen and I tried to just put more food on my plate that I could actually eat so I kind of tricked my mind to eat less but I wasn't actually I was eating more but it looked like you had leftover everything I was eating less so I was a little bit less anxious about the food that I was consuming and also I was so full by evening time that I basically I didn't have the energy to binge on anything because I was so full at some point and that really helped me to kind of develop a more normal eating behavior because it is really hard to sometimes break your cycles if you just tell yourself that you know what I'm just getting myself under control now I pull myself together sometimes you really just have to let go and allow your body to just get what it craves at that time because sometimes it just may be a sign that you're doing too much you're just putting so much pressure on your body and I think at some point we just have to let that go to become basically normal again because if we just keep pushing ourselves to and really unhealthy state of mind and body, then at some point it will just escalate and then we're all fucked up and then we have a problem. So I think letting go is a really good approach to healing. I don't know if that sounds correct, but kind of that's the idea I have. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. It's not easy. Um, I actually recently kind of, I mean, discovered, but I want to say it's like the most, in a way, it's like very obvious, but I've, um, I think it was, I don't remember someone like put it, someone I follow on Instagram, put it on their story, but basically, basically it was like saying, please remember that your, your healthy body or your healthy weight is the weight you are or the weight you have when you're not restricting yourself or going overboard. So like I, for a long time, when I like kind of, you know, during quarantine and lockdown, um, my new body, I was like, it wasn't necessarily like my healthy body because I was literally like not moving at all. And I was just like, not really giving up, fuck, whatever I was, you know, eating. Like I was really not thinking about it. And in a way it made me like feel happy because I was like, not restricting I was just kind of like living my best life and that's fine until the point where I was like wait but I don't feel good in any way like I don't feel actually like feel good physically but I also don't feel good about like what I look like it was kind of like two combined 
And then I had to then remind myself because I was like, oh, well, I need to get back to like who I was before. Like when I was like, I just stopped dancing and I was like, wait, but hold on. When I stopped dancing or like when I was dancing, um, that is not my healthy body either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like we tend to like compare ourselves with like where we are in the present moment to a specific point where we were like the happiest. And then we think that that point is actually our healthy state. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. But I think we have to, yeah, I think we have to like really actually remember that kind of like reevaluate. Okay. But like, when am I actually like my, in my like healthy, normal, like what I'm meant to weigh or what I'm meant to like look like I don't weigh myself but what I'm meant to look like naturally when I'm you know eating well but not restricting and overthinking and also moving my body if it means like going on a run or like playing tennis or you know whatever it is that you enjoy doing um like what does that look like and stop comparing ourselves to like when we liked ourselves for what we looked like but we were miserable because we were like restricting. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it was kind of like an obvious thing that I was like, obviously, like that's not what my natural body was. Yeah, I was making it that way and I might have liked it, but that's not what I actually, what like my body naturally is. Yeah. So I'm kind of in the journey right now of um, getting more comfortable with um, like getting back into actually like moving my body simply because it's um, healthy. And I actually have a video coming up where I'm talking about all of this, but um, I, I just like want to find physical activity that comes with a skill that I'm building so that I will not be focusing on like the counts of abs I need to do or the squats that I need to do or you know, the lunges or, you know, that instead I want to do things where I'm actually like trying to get better at something. So if it means like playing a sport or if it means like even with running, it can be a skill because you're, you can like, I feel like quantify it differently because you're like, how fast did I get tired or how fast did I run this same distance that I ran like two weeks ago? Um, And I need to do more of that so that I can like take my mind off of what I'm actually doing and stop linking it to losing weight. And in this, and that way it's like, if I'm, you know, playing tennis or if I'm boxing with my boyfriend um, it's like, I'm actually just thinking about like, like doing the skill and getting better at it without even thinking of like, oh, I'm like getting so much cardio in, I'm probably like burning all these calories. Like that doesn't even like go through my head because I'm too focused on the actual skill that I'm practicing. You know what? Roller skating is also nice. It's a great activity. I did that once, (laughs) but I did it. And it was so great. It was so fun. It was amazing. And I got a good sweat. And also Mm -hmm. going on longer bike rides was also amazing. And just being around nature more, I'm really seeing myself going back into running and just improving there because for me, just the idea of being outside and just challenging your head kind of because I think running is a little bit more of a mental challenge than Mm -hmm. actually physical because it's really boring at some point and you just tell yourself to 
keep going because actually you can it's just your mind telling you to just return to your home yeah because you're just getting bored you're like well i looked at this tree like so many times already you know yeah <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> today i listened to a podcast actually i was listening to emma chamberlain and oh i love her podcast it's amazing it's so good so good great I listen to her also when I'm at work. So at work, we can listen to music and everything. But mm. I got bored of music at some point because it's like, I know this song. It's my favorite song. I know every line and yeah. kind of not making time pass quicker. So And also sometimes I feel like sometimes you want to like gain more from you. Like the time you're like spending, like actually listening to something. Um, that's why like music uh I actually also realize when I run or like do exercise with music because of like I usually play you obviously play something more like upbeat and I actually end up like killing myself <laughs> because it's like I'm trying to like go with the beat and then if it's like a really good song I'm like really feeling it so I'm like really like going faster and then I'm actually like killing myself and I'm not going for as long as I would like to And it's funny that you said that because I recently, I feel like it was probably like two, a few days ago, I went on a run myself and I was listening to an audiobook, mm-hmm. which is even slower, I feel like, than a podcast. Because a podcast is in a way a little easier to listen to because it's kind of more like a conversation. Um, so it's easier to pay attention to compared to like someone, like an audiobook, someone is like, you know, reading the book and it's more like, I don't know, you have to really tune into like what they're saying, but I found it that it actually helped me get through the run without, I literally could have kept going, but I had like somewhere to go. So I didn't need to like go home and shower, but I could have literally, because I was actually just like listening to the book mm-hmm. and I was just like, I kept running. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that I was running, but also I was going much slower than I probably would have been going if I was, if I was like listening to music and I can't say that, I, that I've been like running consistently for like a few months where I can go much faster. It was probably like this, the third run that I did in the like, I don't know, two month period. Like it wasn't, you know, anything. So I wasn't like in shape. And I think that playing, I also think that if you're not in shape, you should always start small and yeah. not be like oh now I'm gonna go like super big and then you work out really hard and then you get sore and then you probably don't work out the next day or the next day and then you already broke like the habit you're trying to build um so yeah but you should try audiobooks next time you know there's um I mean I don't know if they have them in Europe but like in the U.S. they have um you know they have like free libraries you can you can um like a book library mm-hmm. that you can like have a just like a code to where you can like borrow books and then you have like an application and basically you can get like free audiobooks but there's also like different there's like audible that's good yeah different ones like that because I feel like sometimes I just actually want to make better use of the time that I'm spending running or sometimes you can also listen to audiobooks when you're like Anytime you listen to a podcast, you can listen to an audiobook too. Because sometimes like podcasts, I get a little bit too tired of them if I'm not trying to like listen to this specific person yeah. talking about whatever they're talking about, you know? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Would you have any tips for people who might struggle with like their state of fitness or just mental 
state that they're in right now because of like holidays because I know that for a lot of people this time that we just passed is really triggering and in a way traumatizing because you're kind of forced to be happy and all in festive mode and you're anything but that but yeah. I also think that this year because of COVID and er everything I think a lot more people are actually realizing that the idea of festive seasons and everything is kind of ridiculous I mean it's made up <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> I didn't want to say that it's yeah. ridiculous you're not meant to actually feel like that it's just yeah it's, it's economy <laughs> Like yeah you're profiting off of that that you're in festive mode you're buying presents you're trying to be all sweet and happy that i was gonna say it's also like the idea of um, my mom called me on christmas day uh christmas eve and she was like i need you to come i haven't had any time because she like worked that day and she was like i haven't had any time to like go to the grocery store and like prepare you know food or whatever i feel like the holidays are so focused on food um that I found myself actually this year I was literally like mom we can literally do whatever we actually want it's society that told us we have to eat a lot and do all these things on this day and this day um as in like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day you know you, we can literally order sushi if we want we don't have to go overboard right now um and she was kind of surprised that I was being so kind of like, whatever, because I love, like, I actually really love cooking. And I'm usually the person that is like going far and beyond um, on everything. And I made uh, just like for fun, I made like some cinnamon rolls on Christmas day. Um, but I just feel like we need to, I mean, this is more of like a society situation because it's like, you can, you know, not, give a fuck but like everybody else is still you know like you know making seven different meals and different dishes and there's just so much focus on like you're cooking all day with your family if you got to be with your family this year and then I know that a lot of people actually that weren't able to be with their family didn't even feel like it was Christmas because they weren't with their families but also because they didn't do the whole process of like cooking all this food. And then you finally like sit down and eat all this food. There's so much focus on food during the holidays. And I think we have to make like a conscious decision to maybe even like talk to your, your family or whoever you're spending this time with and being like, how about we like maybe, you know, make tea or make hot chocolate or whatever you want or nothing at all and go spend some time outside more instead of like spending hours on end cooking all of this food and then having to sit down and then eat all of this food after you've been around all of this food you know what I mean yeah there's too much food anyways we're exactly over we're overcooking <laughs> we're just over for and for who also like yeah. not that many people are over especially like this past year and I know the holidays like just ended but I just I actually like really noticed that this year because when I wasn't because I don't live with my family we weren't usually my mom and I talk like what should we make whatever because I just have fun with actually cooking mm -hmm. um but because I wasn't with I, because I don't live with them anymore I was home here and then it wasn't until Christmas day that I actually thought when my mom called me and asked me like what should we make whatever whatever I was like I haven't even thought about it and I felt how I realized how relieved I am 
that I wasn't thinking about it at all. But I knew that if I was home, I would be kind of measuring like, okay, so we're going to do like, I don't know, whatever chicken or some like more, let's say unhealthy, you know, Romanian dish that has like a lot of meats and fats and whatever. And then I would be like, okay, so if we're having that, then we have to have like a salad and a whatever and a whatever. And I was so like not thinking about it at all and kind of like did not involve myself in the process that I got home. My mom was like, oh, can you just cut up, cut up this onion? We're going to do this for that. And I was like, yeah, okay. And it was done. And I literally just sat down, I ate. And I that's the only time I ever thought about food. I think that we spend way too much. And even this can even be applied, I think, like when you're not in the holidays, just in general, like day by day, I find myself overthinking what I'm eating. And I spend literally sometimes like, 30 minutes to an hour just coming up with what I'm going to make. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, it doesn't have to be this hard. Like just make a burrito. You know, it doesn't have to be so complicated. And it's because I think it's um, I'm so used to having to like I used to do the whole like logging everything I eat and measuring it and putting in how many calories of whatever I'm eating. And I really do not agree with any of that counting your you know whatever your macros your calories your micronutrients like it's just it might be good if somebody is like deficient in something to find out if you're you know if you're like lacking iron or something like that that are like actually like you need to have them in your life to function like a regular human um but for like weight loss purposes and over obsessing over what you're eating to the point where you're literally measuring every little thing you are eating. I completely do not support that. It drives me, it drove me insane. I was so obsessed. I would spend like hours to just be like planning. So like the night before I'd be like, so I'm going to have for breakfast this. And I would like log it in to see what it's going to be. And then I would log in my lunch and then my dinner and then I would get to that day and I'd be like oh but I don't really want to eat that but now I have to because like fuck like food should be just free of whatever you feel like eating that day and however much you're feeling that day you know intuitively one thing that my my parents or like my the side of my dad always taught me was to eat up your plate sometimes he's like finish your plate I'm like no man I'm full (laughs) I can't yeah it's enough it's enough and I think we should really kind of stand out point even if it's sometimes maybe weird or to parents like kind of a disrespect because I mean I get the idea of like when you're not eating up everything you have on the plate it's kind of it's a waste of food and everything but I mean since some people are really struggling we kind of really have to make people understand that when we are full we are full and it's it's okay and maybe we ate too much and then it's also totally fine and I mean sometimes especially during the holidays relatives or friends or other family members they maybe point out that oh you kind of look like you gained some weight or have you lost weight or whatever but I mean they don't want to do any harm they haven't went through what you've just went through and sometimes you can actually just stand up and straight up say that actually you don't care or you don't know you don't care you feel great right now where you are right now and it doesn't matter how you look what we've been taught in 2020 in terms of racism was actually to just speak up and when something is not right just point that out and I think we can also relate that to the way honestly anything in life anything in life like 
when you feel disrespected or anything, just say it, even if it maybe is uncomfortable, but it's even more uncomfortable when you have to deal with that on your own and nobody knows. And then you're you're upset or anxious and then other people don't know what's going on with you. Yeah. And then it's kind of hard for them to reach out to you and then everything is weird. So I think really just speak up when you feel you're disrespected. Sounds kind of really intense, but I don't have a better word right now. That's a really good point with family dynamics around weight and food. I know my personal experience might be different than other people's. Uh, Romanian culture, you're kind of very frank. You're just very honest. Um, so talking about somebody's weight is not weird or taboo. It's something that is just discussed. Um, and for me, because my entire family knew that there's a lot of focus on my physical appearance and my weight, um, because like my parents would want me to succeed with dance. And they knew that like for me to succeed, I would have to like watch my weight and watch what I eat and whatever. So when I was over obsessed, overly obsessive, it was very like, it, I wasn't trying to hide it. Like it was very out there. Mm -hmm. And my parents, they didn't, they didn't support it, but they didn't say anything about it. They did they weren't like, Maybe it's like you're being too extreme or you're like, you know, whatever. They never they never said that. Um, and that's because it didn't seem that extreme to them because I never really like I never went completely um, like I didn't go rogue and just like didn't eat anything or whatever. But I did restrict myself a lot. But also in Romanian culture, that's not necessarily seen as a bad thing. And I've, I've recognized that in America, a lot of people like are much more anything that has to do with like mental health is a lot more. Um, how do I say it's like less tolerated, like it's it's like you're not going to tolerate your child doing that mm -hmm. in your household. You're going to you're going to call them out on it. You're going to talk about it. I, I've found there's also like in schools, you know, people can't just say like teachers can't just call you like, Oh, you're fat or something in mm. Romania. People can call you whatever and nobody gets in trouble. You can't sue them. There's none of that. You know um, you, they can directly tell you whatever. But when I came here, I noticed that there's like a lot of actually kind of like, I don't know. It's like beating around the bush and nobody really like talks about it. Um, but I feel like there there's like, it's like a double edged sword because in my experience, because we were so open with talking about weight, it has hurt me because if I would, um, not necessarily this past holidays, but if I like came home for the holidays from Canada and let's say my mom or my dad, like whoever would just comment on like, oh my God, you look so skinny. Like, that's great. But they have no idea that I'm literally like hanging on by a thread right now, mm -hmm. like mentally and emotionally because it's like food is emotional because food, it, it comes with an emotional re response if you want it or not, because if food tastes good, it tastes good to us. We like it. It brings you joy. Yeah. But we also, there's so much knowledge and there's so much focus on it that it will trigger an emotional response, good or bad, whatever. It, there's no choice. Um, so for me, whenever I would get those types of comments, negative or positive, positive as in you look so skinny that's great I would be like oh my god that's great and then I would like 
take that as a good thing and then not eat or like be very, very strict with it and feel like I'm doing a great job, like go me. But then if someone was like, like, oh my God, like I can see you have like, you know, a little like what's, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was kind of like, why are you keeping me in check? Also like, why are you encouraging me to like not be healthy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's because like, for me, my parents actually knew what I was going through and they were still kind of like doing those types of comments. Um, and I'd never necessarily like address them. I kind of just was like not really responding, um, but they did get to me. But I feel like if somebody doesn't know what you're going through and they make those, those types of comments, I think it's so important to say something in some way. If it, if it even like is you being like, you know what, I'm really not comfortable like you addressing my weight because it um, it really like upsets me. And that's hard. That's not easy to say. No. Like not at all, because also you don't want the other person to be like, oh shit, like I didn't mean to like make you feel some type of way. But it's important to do that because then they will learn. And then also you will feel very empowered by, by letting somebody know that that is not okay for you. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. My experience has been that I feel great. Anytime that I really like say exactly how, what you said made me feel, it makes me empowered because I have shared my truth, but also because I feel like I will, I will, let them know I will make them understand and then maybe next time they will not do that to somebody else or to me you know yeah that was actually one of the the first points I was writing down when I thought about what's actually helping with like relapsing and your triggers like basically the comments from those family members or anything are the things that trigger you into the later like restriction of food or over exercising or anything so like communicating really helps to for one make people understand how you're feeling and therefore actually strengthen the relationship between family members friends or whatever and you because they know what's going on in your life and you know that they now understand now that you told them because when you're never telling them what's actually hurting you what's going on with you why you're feeling the way you're feeling then they will never know they will never know and they will continue to make those comments on you and make you feel a certain type of way because you never told them that maybe this is not okay and this is very hurtful to you so really being more open, this is very hard because, yeah, on the one hand, it's very empowering once you said it, once you've overcome that burden. But before that, it's really scary. Like, what are they going to think? I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but you really have to make yourself the priority here. Mm-hmm. I want to feel good. So I'm going to say that I don't feel good right now. Yeah, once you've made that step, it's really it gets one more easier to talk about this and two it's rewarding and it makes you feel so much better yeah yeah and I I think also like to just know that even if you do come out and say like you know respond to someone's comment and maybe you even like talked more in depth about like what you're going through 
um, just know that there's like, there is a lot of people that have maybe luckily never experienced any of that or to the degree that you are. So they might at some point make another um, insensitive comment that they might not even realize because they're not trying to cause harm, but they don't necessarily know, like they might forget, you know? And I think that we shouldn't be like very, I mean, at least I can speak for myself that I've, I know that my family, like I have voiced all of this many times, but it is so culturally embedded, especially mm-hmm. my parents to just freely judge someone, not judge someone, but like basically my mom would be like, you're going to eat another spoon of mashed potatoes, you know, something like that. And then I'm going to be like, yeah. And can you just like, let me live my life? Like I told you, can you just like stop measuring what I'm eating and simple. And I mean, the way that my family and I talk is very, um, you know, whatever. And I know that it's very cultural. There's a lot of people that cannot talk in different ways with their, with their, uh, Mm -hmm. parents or their elders. But I just know that like, they really don't mean sometimes it's not even like serious. I know my dad loves to joke about stuff like that, but I do have to let him know when it's like going too far. And when it's like upsetting me, because then he will take note of that and he'll be like, okay, like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I'll, you know, remember for next time. I think it's like a work in progress for the people around you as well. Because even my boyfriend, like sometimes he doesn't, he he can't know everything that's going to trigger me or upset me or feel any type of way. So I do let him know and, um, and he, and he learns and he understands and it's okay to like remind people. Don't think that it's like if you say it once and then they might like do it again you can't say something again you totally can yeah Keep reminding them as long as it takes yeah and obviously like in a nice way like don't yeah. don't you know be like too intense about it because they probably didn't mean anything by it because they don't think about it like my boyfriend literally does not think about he eats whatever he eats whatever and he even when i was trying to like explain to him what i was going through um, he was kind of like, that's so crazy. I've never thought about food like at all. I literally, if I'm like hungry, I eat. If I feel like I want to eat whatever, I eat that thing and that's it. And I eat it until I don't want it anymore. And um, I, I just think that it's important to make those people in your life understand what it is like for you. Um, and really talk about it because it will help your relationship and it will also help them help you in times when you're low, you know? Definitely. Definitely. That's really good. I realized that at some point I was actually kind of embodying what I told myself in the head to my boyfriend sometimes because to me it was just so new that just like your boyfriend he was just eating whatever he felt like eating and if he feels like this Saturday night I'm going to eat a pizza chips and soda (laughs) yeah right huge amount I'm there like you really want to eat this yeah I know I judge him And at some point I had to realize that let those, let this person live, like, damn, let them live. It's yeah. Really, sometimes, yeah, it's, it's scary to realize that how much actually your, what's the word? 
how much your mind is actually influencing you that at some point you're actually embodying that and embracing that what's actually so unhealthy (laughs) you should really actually also just keep an eye on what you're saying because when you remind yourself that this is actually not right what you just said or what you're going to say and rethink that it's kind of easier to not get so caught up in that because it's really hard it's really yeah Yeah. it's I that's why I think um and this might be like not not the most hopeful message but I I think that it will be like for me personally a constant um process because I've it was like in my most formative years when I was you know growing up and becoming myself um I was constantly like being told that this is the way you should be this is the way you should think about this and about food and about eating and this is what you should be paying attention to and this is what is like valued in you as a person and uh I also then I was like well I guess I have to put this type of value into myself and it's it's still there I I I can't just delete it I can't delete it. But what I think we can do is teach ourselves how to talk to ourselves because I find myself talking to myself in certain situations where I can see that I'm going towards that type of, you know, mentality. Um, And I have to be like, hold on, like, you don't have to, you don't have to like, not eat two pieces of bread you can eat two pieces of bread. It's fine. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like, so it's so small. And sometimes when you, when I think of like, I would measure this with like the world issues we have. And I'm like, <laughs> literally Alia, like why, like nobody gives a fuck and you should just like, it's like such a small thing, but then you also have to remind yourself that like, you should never measure Um, you should never measure suffering. Suffering is suffering, you know? And that's why I think that these types of issues when it comes to mental health, when it comes to over excessive exercising and overeating, undereating, anything that has to do with that is like this, like it is a kind of suffering and we need to not make it a taboo to talk about it because it is so real and it is so embedded in our society that it's actually like a huge problem. It is. And, and it needs to be, it needs to be like addressed. It needs to be addressed in schools. Because kids are, kids are fed with like TV shows where like, we don't have enough exposure to different sizes and different um, colors and ethnicities Mm -hmm. where we don't even know that we are allowed to be in a different way. I think it comes with like any type of social issue when it comes to like sexual orientation, gender identity, you know, body size, race, like all of that. It's like kids grow up not knowing that it is okay to be how they are and how they might be naturally feeling. But then if you don't see it anywhere and if you don't see it kind of like glamorized or or put as like in the front line, then you're like, am I even allowed to be how I am? And you probably don't even realize that you're like a little, you're a child, you know? So you don't even know that it's like, oh, wait, I can you know, love this person, or I can be this size, or it's okay to just be who I am or feel the way that I am, you know? 
Mm-hmm. It's like it's so it's so big that it it actually like hurts my head just thinking about it. You're never enough in a way when you're like thinking about that. You will never be enough in regards to these Instagram trends or beauty standards because they will forever change. Like remember at some point it was the thing to be super skinny. That was the idea of a beautiful woman or a man being overly muscular and and then on the other hand it's a trend to be a super slim guy or a super curvy woman like with an overly large chest and wide hips but it tight- in a small waist yeah so who knows what trend is going to be there tomorrow And you kind of have to detach yourself from the idea that that's actually how things are because it's not. It's really not. It's really really not. This is not real life. And there's people being paid for looking a certain type of way. Kim Kardashian. It's their job. Yeah, it's their job to look like that. And then also fitness influencers of course they look lean all year around because all they do if they didn't they wouldn't get that paycheck (laughs) yeah like there wouldn't be a contract for gymshark so yeah they look like this and i think we all have to realize that sometimes we kind of forget that even though we spend a, a scary high amount of time during the day on the screen. This is not actually the life that we're living. The life that we're living takes place off screen and here in this tiny little apartment where yeah. it's only me and that's my life. Everything is changing constantly. See a, no- a new trend, a new way of living, how to be more productive, how to make more money. And maybe we don't even want to make more money. It's hard because I actually... I. The only social media I really go on is Instagram. And I think YouTube, but YouTube is kind of like social media, but also like a search engine. But Instagram for me is like, I really like Instagram because I love, you know, like aesthetically pleasing things and, you know, cute outfits and stuff like that. But then it also comes with everything you just said. And the feeling of this person is like my age or younger and they're like a millionaire and they live in a $3.5 million house or, or even like not that extreme, but it's like, Oh, this person gets to be like an influencer and they get to get all this free clothing. And like, we have to remember that first of all, like we have to remember that these people, we actually don't know them. And I'm coming more and more to that realization as like, I'm putting myself more out there in that sense with my videos uh, and I've gotten some not so nice comments where at first my first instinct is to just be like, you have no idea who I am and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, calling me out on things that I'm like, you don't even know my situation. You don't know, like you really don't know me. And what made me, it made me realize in that moment that I'm like, I actually don't know the people that I think I know that I, feel like I'm friends with because I watch them on YouTube or because I think I know everything about them but there's actually so much that we don't know you have no idea what this person is struggling with you have no idea what they just went through like you don't know so I tend to like I used to actually look at people that I would like admire but then compare myself to them and in a way start like 
not liking them or like hating them because they are what I want to be. Mm-hmm. But then I would, now I realize that is like, I have actually no idea completely who they are. They only, you choose to share only whatever parts you choose to share of yourself and they do the same. And, um, you know, there's no way that you actually know who they really are. And they might post a photo of themselves going on a trip to, you know, as you said, Bali or something, but you have no idea if that trip was even fun or not. We're all guilty of that, like, take a photo of something, but then you actually have no idea of the story behind it. Um, and I've, I've found that that is especially right, like, especially real with people that have a high following. <clears throat> Honestly, I don't really think that most of those people are as happy or as put together as like, we think they are, mm-hmm. because that's what they present, because they think social media is literally a game. It is. It's a game of like putting your best, best self, best story, best aesthetic forward. And it's, it is fun. I must admit, I love putting a nice little cute photo of some whatever on my Instagram. But, but then I think that we have to remind ourselves that that's not real. As you said, it's really, it's really not real. And I think that social media is okay until until it starts to become like really um influencing you to the point where you are changing the way that you love yourself and and also like children like the next generation like i think i i'm 20 so i guess like our generation was i'm 21 our generation um kind of grew about it And then we, like when we were around maybe like 10, 12, 13 is when like social media kind of started, you know, Facebook and all of that. But then this is all they know. Mm -hmm. This is all they grew up on. So these kinds of conversations are that much more needed um, to be had with with children in school, literally. Like this is as as important as some things we learn in school, if not more, because like sometimes like I'm not going to use like math except if you actually go into a job that requires that, but regular life experience and knowledge, you have that your entire life, you're going to have to deal with all those things. So I really find that um, we need to find a way to make the people that, you know, decide what goes into schools and curriculum and kind of like, what are the big conversations that children need to be exposed to? Um, I think it needs to be made a point that we need to like infiltrate that into, into, into the, into like being regular, into making it okay to talk about these things. Definitely. Because I mean, the school system, the change is long overdue anyways. (laughs) So, so that's just another point to add on this already so long list of things that need to actually be taught instead of or like in additional in addition to what is already taught in school because it's just as relevant as learning about math and history because in a few years maybe in this will be history yeah it will be history and that's what we're going to be taught that in that period of time so many young people were suffering with their mental health and they had really intense issues going on 
So I think this is kind of the note I want to end this episode on. I think it was a very interesting conversation that we had. And yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. And I'm very happy that we did it. I'm really happy about that. That, yeah, you wanted to do that with me. Very thankful. And I really hope that we can encourage some people to maybe reach out to people that they can trust with the problems that they have right now or with whatever they might be struggling right now. It doesn't have to be related to food or yeah anything it can be anything basically just you know make yourself the priority and you know if you don't choose to help yourself then nobody kind of will because at some point you will just have to explain yourself and what you're feeling and letting other other people into your life and let them know what is going on so communication is really kind of the key to a lot of things especially to healing because if you don't choose to open up then other people can't help you because they don't know what is going on and it's so important for people to know what's going on in order for them to understand and learn and then be better and you can be better and healing takes time it's kind of frustrating at first but you're going to get used to it and you're going to learn along the way and grow and sometimes you're relapsing and it feels like you have to start over and things didn't even change but they do and at some point you're going to notice that this is actually how far you've come and this is so much you've overcome and grown out of and at some point you're going to notice and also Instagram is not real life social media is not real life and YouTube is also not real life all the time also not real life no everything that you can choose to present yourself on the way you want to is not real and yeah yeah remember please take one day at a time you don't have to be so hard on yourself and you don't need to start over by tomorrow change takes time and it's not linear and yeah please take care of yourself look after yourself because it's so important and life is so precious and you only have this life and at some point you're going to realize and you're going to say to yourself this time could have been spent so much different than the way I spend it with worrying about my appearance and the way I am and I should just kind of accept who I am and be happy with that because there's only one you ever and you should enjoy that you and not destroy yourself for someone who you're not you're you and that's fine